Welcome into Scoops with DannyMac.com and my podcast with Mike Kelly, the voice of the Missouri Tigers and Missouri Sports Hall of Famer. This is presented by Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. Need groceries, think local, think schnooks, and buy Hotshot Sports Bar and Grill. Throughout the football and basketball season for Missouri, we'll be visiting with Mike before games, but in this podcast, we get into his career. He's broadcast more than 1,000 Mizzou basketball and football games as the voice of the Tigers, a stretch that has covered the end of the Norm Stewart era, all of the Gary Pinkle era, and now. Later this season, he'll call football game number 300, 300 consecutively. Missouri football kicks off this weekend. Mike will be behind the microphone. He's one of the best play-by-play announcers in America. Enjoy my conversation with the voice of the Missouri Tigers, Mike Kelly. This is presented by Hotshot Sports Bar and Grill, proud home of sports fans in St. Louis for over 28 years. 11 area locations, always close to a Hotshots no matter where you are. Swing by for great food, cold drinks, and all the games all the time. Get more info. Find a Hotshots near you at hotshotsnet.com. During Cardinals baseball, Cardinals specials, food and drink. Also, fantasy football season is here. If you're looking to hold a fantasy football draft, no better place than Hot Shots Sports Bar and Grill. Also, Hot Shots, a great place to see Mizzou football. Mike Kelly coming up. Hey, St. Louis, Dan McLaughlin here, and I have a scoop for you. Download the Schnooks Rewards app. Trust me, it'll pay off. You shop at Schnooks like normal, earn points on almost everything in the store, and redeem the points for money off. Easy as that. If earning money off your groceries wasn't enough, it also has cool features to make shopping at Schnooks even easier. You can locate items in the store, refill prescriptions, check the weekly ad. It's a grocery game changer. So download Schnooks Rewards from the App Store or Google Play and start saving today. Mike Kelly, the voice of Mizzou. How many years now, Mike? This will be 25 in football. 25 in football. 30 doing Tiger Talk, and I think it's 29 doing Mizzou basketball. You still enjoy it? Love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, if you, if you don't, then why are you there, right? Now, do, do I enjoy every aspect of it? Certainly the travel, you know, becomes a factor for anybody. I think particularly at, at our age, even though I'm significantly older than you are. Uh, but no, I still love it. I mean, you love being around the kids. You love watching the interaction. To me, Dan, the thing that I've always enjoyed – um, is you watch a young kid come in as a freshman and you see you know, just how unsure themselves that they are. Maybe not on the field, but just socially. And then watch them grow and mature. And by the time they're a senior, uh, see that smile and see their ability to interact with people. And, and, and that's one of the charms, I think, of college athletics. Yeah, and one of the charms, too, of watching a guy like, uh, let's say, Drew Locke or some of the others that have stuck around or the young man from East St. Louis that's on the defensive side of the football. I mean, you've got... Some really cool stories, I think, heading into this season. Well, we do. And but before we touch on that, let me let me go back and share a story about a St. Louis kid by the name of Zach Abron. So Zach Abron was a running back recruited by Larry Smith. And, and, and Zach, when he arrived at Missouri, was a guy that used to walk with his head down all the time. Is that right? And you try to interact with him, and, and you know he was one or two-word answers. Well, by the time he was a senior, he had this big smile, and his personality came out, and he'd look you right in the eye, and he'd shake your hand, and you'd just have wonderful dialogue with him. So those are those are kind of the, the neat things that you like to watch. But you know this football team, I think, has an opportunity to do some special things. I really do. And um, you know Drew Locke did something last year that no other quarterback in the SEC has ever done. He threw 44 touchdown passes. He was uh, less than 10 yards shy of throwing for 4,000 yards during the course of the season. So he returns his entire offensive line. He returns some playmakers at wide receiver and at tight end. Um, 
And then on the defensive side, Terry Beckner Jr. could have went out last year, decided to come back. Uh, really, I think a sign of maturity for both Locke and for for Beckner Jr. and that it wasn't all about the money. It was about being ready to take that next step. Uh, very similar to what Jonte Porter did with Mizzou basketball. Went through the process. You know, was told he was going to be a first-round draft choice. But then came home and said to his dad, I'm just not ready to be a professional. I feel like my life is spinning out of control right now. Because, again, here's a kid that bypassed his senior year in high school, played as a true freshman, um, and didn't want to take that step. Because, as you know, and you see it every day, man, it's a business. Yeah. And if you're not prepared for it, then you're going to suffer. Yeah, it'll eat you up. There's no yeah. question. Um, you live in St. Louis. I do. So you're going back and forth an awful lot down I-70. I can pretty much give you a mile marker <laughs> and tell you within minutes when I'm going to be at the location. Have you ever figured out how many trips you've made? Uh, you no. Know, well, I, I, last year, I mean, the totality, I mean, over the last 30 years, uh, no. But um, just last year, I made 52 trips between wow. St. Louis and Columbia uh, from September until uh, the end of the basketball season um, and – that also included like 24 hotel stays in Columbia. So um, why do you do it, right? Well, first of all, you love it, number one. Uh, for me, as you know, I lived in Columbia for 17 years. My kids went to school through the Columbia Public Schools. Uh, but when our daughter Megan graduated, uh, we made the decision to move back to St. Louis because my full-time job, as you know, is with Huntley McGee, HM Risk, which is a commercial uh, insurance provider, broker in St. Louis. And uh, so I'm a senior vice president with the firm. Uh, our dear friend, Mike Shanahan Jr., is our majority owner. Uh, I went to work f with Mike about eight years ago. And uh, just from a, from a business standpoint, um, from a um, prospecting standpoint, uh, it just made sense to 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 be uh, be back in St. Louis. And you have how many kids? Three daughters. Yeah, three, three daughters. daughters. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, and and you watch your kids grow, and you you know you, you, you it, it's a blur. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Shannon and Sean are both twenty seven. Uh, Sean lives in Long Beach, California. Shannon lives in Chicago. Uh, and then our youngest daughter, Megan, just graduated uh, this past spring from the University Alabama. of Alabama. Roll Tide. And uh, <laughs> and I say that in that that's you, you get caught up in that, right? Well, when sure, you it's your a, child. have a daughter in that environment. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so Megan uh, is a musical theater kid, has aspirations that she wants to be on Broadway. Uh, in fact, moves to Broadway or moves to New York uh, next week. So wow. we'll have one in L.A., one in Chicago, and one in New York City. All from Columbia, Missouri, too. You think about going from Columbia to three of the biggest cities yeah. in the world. Yeah, all born here in St. Louis, but uh, yeah. Yeah, all went through the, the, the Columbia public school system. And, um, you know, Shannon went to Grinnell College in Iowa. Sean went to Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois. They both wanted that small liberal sure. arts. Uh, setting um, and Megan wanted something bigger, so she ended up at Bama uh, in their musical theater department. Missouri sports, uh, when you look at it over the years, there's been some great moments, great times, great teams. Uh, I think about the '94 team with Norm. I think about uh, you know football getting back under Gary Pinkle. You were there for all this. What comes to mind when you think just in general Missouri sports? Uh, fortunate to be there. Fortunate to be a part of it. Much like you feel. Uh, you know, with the Cardinals and your relationship with there. And uh, I think you know how proud I am of you. Uh, our relationship versa, yeah. uh, dates back to when you were just a young student 
at Lindenwood. Yep. You know, playing a little baseball and uh, interning at KMOX back in the day. But no, I, I feel very blessed, very fortunate to be a part of it. I think about, um, you think about the, the relationships that have developed because of your involvement with one particular organization. And in my case, with Mizzou and, and not only coaches and players and athletic directors, but certainly fans that, you know, you get to know through the years. And, and yeah, some, some pretty special moments that you'll remember for a long, long time. But, but it's funny, you said Norm and, and, and you and I, I think both had the, the same reaction that people listening to this don't, we, we both kind of like smiled, right? Yeah. Cause you think of Norm Stewart. And for me, I naturally smile. I do too. Because there's so many great memories that I have, uh, from being around him. In fact, I saw he in Virginia just uh, a few weeks ago. I was in in Columbia for a uh, for a friend's wedding and uh, got a chance to spend some time with them. So, uh, but yeah, just really really fortunate, Dan. Do you have a favorite moment? There's so many of them. I don't know yeah. that I can really break it down into one. I mean, the triple overtime win against Illinois is something that I'll always remember on the last year that the series was played in the old arena on Oakland Avenue. Um, you know, watching Missouri come back and, 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 and make it to, first of all, in 97, uh, under Larry Smith, uh, becoming bowl eligible and ending the 13 years of losing and, and going to a bowl game. But then, you know, uh, the Kansas game, uh, you know, at, at Arrowhead Stadium. With number the, one on the line. Yeah, and then ending up in, you know, ending up in the Cotton Bowl and, um, you know, seeing Missouri back in a New Year's Day bowl game. And, you know, um, you've worked with some great people, through the years, and, and this year it's been a lot longer list. But uh, for for me, I, I think to John Cadillac, yeah. you know, and, and a St. Louis guy that 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 for more than fifty years gave his life to the University of Missouri, either as a player, or as a coach, or as an administrator, and and, and working, uh, you know, with me on the football broadcast and seeing in '97 a tear in his eye because his football program that he dearly loved was going back to a bowl game and then seeing him um that 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 frigid january day in uh dallas texas at the old cotton bowl watching uh missouri win a, a new year's day game against the university of arkansas and seeing again the emotions that came out um those are the relationships that make the whole thing worthwhile how did it all start for you for fans that are listening to this and there'll be a lot of young fans that are, yeah. are huge missouri fans that are huge mike kelly fans uh, I know the answer to this, but how did it all start for you in, in terms of your relationship with the University of Missouri? Uh, Robert Highland. Yep. You go back to Robert Highland, the late great general manager at uh, CBS, uh, KMOX in St. Louis. And uh, I was, as you know, hired by Mr. Highland back in 1988. And uh, isn't it amazing that the people that had an impact on our lives that we, still, that we still refer to as Mr.? Yeah. I mean, I used to get in trouble from Jack Buck because I would always refer to him as Mr. Buck um, and did a Cardinal game with him. And one of the first things he said was, remember, it's Jack, not Mr. Buck tonight. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Buck. <laughs> my first game, he went out of the booth and left yeah. me by myself. Yeah. In my first game, he, he said uh, two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, and he said Mike Kelly will call the final out. It's awesome. And uh, fortunately, I think it was a ground ball to Ozzy as he flipped over to Pedro Guerrero Guerrero and I said uh, as Mr. Buck would say uh, that's a winner yeah um, so um, but yeah Robert Highland came to me on I was working doing mornings at KMOX uh, Bill Wilkerson at the time was doing Missouri football um, Bill was also doing morning drives which he did that 
program Total Information AM for for years. Um, Mr. Hyland came to me and said, uh, "There's this show called Tiger Talk." This was before the 1989 season. Um, Bill doesn't want to drive to Columbia. They want someone to come. Would you like to do it? And that's how it all began. Really? Yeah. And so, so you just needed that little opening. Just and- needed an opening. And you know, Joe Castiglione, who who now is the athletic director at the University of Oklahoma and has been, been there, there for years and could be the governor of the state if he wanted to and um, is a very, very dear friend. Uh, Joe at the time was the assistant AD at Mizzou. Uh, he and I developed a really good relationship. So imagine this, Joe Castiglione, the AD at Oklahoma, on a Monday night in Columbia, Missouri at Harpo's or wherever we were at the time, sitting there answering phone calls from people calling in to ask a question of either Norm Stewart or Larry Smith or Bob Stull back in the day. I mean, imagine yeah. that. So, um, you know, it, uh, it it all began there. And, and, you know, Rod Kelly, who just passed away, sadly, uh, was doing basketball color back then. Uh, Rod's health was not good during the 89-90 season, so I did a season of film and work doing color on the men's ba- broadcast with, uh, at that time, it was Tom Doerr. The next season, the 90-91 season, uh, Tom did play-by-play. I did color. And then Tom left and took the job doing TV for the Chicago Bulls. And that's when Joe and Roger Gardner from Learfield asked me to do uh, play-by-play for Mizzou basketball. Bill Wilkerson took a job doing the Arizona Cardinals prior to the 94 football season, and that's when I became the quote-unquote voice of the Tigers. So that's how it unfolded. You know this. I've said this a million times. There's nobody better at basketball I love your football too but I there's nobody better at, at basketball than you you've been a huge influence in in my career and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for you <laughs> but thanks <laughs> and so I I my mom and I we would listen all the time we loved Missouri basketball and we enjoyed SLU we had season tickets to SLU so we could go watch college basketball but uh, Missouri had a special place in our heart and I, I go back to Boy, watching uh, Peeler and Booker and and all the great players that came through, and I had a buddy that would always get us uh, tickets to the Missouri Illinois game and sneak us in. That was fun too. So yeah. I saw, I've seen every one of those for the last probably twenty years. So it's been a great ride, and it's it's a lot of it is due to you. Well, you're very kind. Um, and, and if people could only see the uh, the text messages that the two of us oh uh, share throughout the course of the year, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, I've been really fortunate, and I think we all develop individual styles and um who was your style after did you you have a guy that you liked you know obviously i always liked listening to jack yeah i think Um, all of us have felt that way growing up around here and felt like there are certain things that he told me um throughout the time that i was blessed to be a part of uh of or that that i knew him while he was still alive that um you know just little pointers and dan kelly listening to him growing up growing up was 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 an experience. Bob Starr back in the yeah. day doing football. Awesome. Uh, Kevin Harlan, who did Mizzou basketball for a while. So there, I think there's a blend of a variety of different people. But then I think too, and and and, and I, I think you'll agree with this. I think there are things that, as as you continue to do games, that there are different things that maybe you'll you'll blend in. You know that that right. that maybe help you identify. And, and and in your business, it's a little different because you've got the picture. Um, for me, obviously, you've got to paint the picture, and so you know, like in football, just just using more of the uh, using more of the numbers to try and describe where people are on the field. And I'm not talking about the individual yardage marker, but outside the you know the 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 numbers, um, 
you know, hash marks trying to utilize that a little bit left to right inside the hash. So, That's what I mean. You you paint a picture where other guys do not anymore. I think on radio, people have gotten away from that. Well. Again, that's that's kind, um, but I think it's the 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 basis of what we all were taught to do by Jack. You're the uh, eyes yeah. of people. Don't care exactly what the yeah, this is. This is the greatest piece of ice in the world, and I've and I've told Joe this before. Who, by the way, and I, and I love to remind Joe Buck was my first color analyst. I know. Right, you remember that ninety one, ninety two, um, and I like to use this line that that. Jack referred to us as the fledglings. <laughs> I didn't know that. When, when are you two fledglings going to begin your career, right? Uh, I didn't know that he did that. Yeah, and so now I use the line that one of us is still fledgling. The <laughs> other one's had a had a hell of a career as as because Joe's had a terrific, terrific career. Um, but, you know, Jack would say this, Dan. He'd say, nobody cares what you think about the referees. Yeah. Nobody really cares what you think about the play call. Call the game. Yeah call the play because you don't know who's listening and all they want is the listener because they've tuned in to hear that game they want to hear what's going on so paint the picture for the listener and as a radio broadcaster the one thing that will always um, from a sentimental standpoint give you a feeling of you're doing your job is when you receive a note um, or uh, a call or an email uh, in this day and age from someone that listens to the game that's blind absolutely and says that they can they can they can watch the game and 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 that's that's and, and when you have those and they it's happened for me a time or two and it's just it's it's very gratifying well I have uh, I remember Jack used to talk about uh, you're the eyes and ears if you will of the blind and those incarcerated and <laughs> and I'm serious about this yeah. and and uh and I always thought, that's really weird that he's saying that. I don't understand that, but whatever. And here I have a stack of mail as we're talking about it, and I have a gentleman that is incarcerated that writes me about every two weeks, and I write him back. Yeah. I used to get that, too. Yeah. And, uh, there was, got goosebumps saying yeah, about there it. Yeah, there was a person that, that, that when I lived in Columbia that uh, would, would send me stuff, and, and, and can you ask Coach about this on Tiger Talk? Exactly. You, you know, stuff like that. So... Uh, yeah, it's it's it is you know I mean it it's amazing in our business the people that you touch that you'll never see exactly I mean, which is really that. cool yeah it is it is um, let's talk a little bit about this season okay uh, you like the team don't like the team where are you with the team I like the team I like the staff that Barry Odom has assembled um, I like Derek Dooley as the offensive coordinator and I think that the thing you have to look at is that you know. Um, almost through osmosis, if you will. I mean, having grown up in the household of the, the great Vince Dooley, uh, the man learned something about football. Um, you know, and, and, and you've got a core group of people in the state of Missouri that are Mizzou fans that say, yeah, but it didn't work at Tennessee. To which I say, since Philip Fulmer, what coach has worked at Tennessee? Right. A little bit of a different fan base there than than what you have at Missouri and then so having been a head coach uh at two different spots and then to go and 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 work at the highest level the games played with the Dallas Cowboys um it may make some people uncomfortable that he's never called to play but I think he's had those headsets on for a long enough time that I think he anticipates and knows the right plays to call and same with Ryan Walters who called the uh the game last year at Texas after being promoted to uh, 
the Texas Bowl, the game against Texas, promoted to the defensive coordinator. But, you know, adding Vernon Hargraves, who has a great uh, resume as not only an inside linebackers coach, but also as a recruiter. Brad Davis, who was at the University of Florida, again, a terrific recruiter. And then the other thing that people don't tend to look at, Alabama and Nick Saban really started this whole thing of analysts that they bring into their program, coaches that have been elsewhere that are now allowed under NCAA rules to not coach on the field but to analyze what's taking place. And Missouri brought in Ted Monachino, who played at Mizzou, who spent a lot of time in the NFL most recently with the Indianapolis Colts as their defense coordinator, as their defensive analyst. Garrick McGee, who's been an offensive coordinator and has been a head coach, um, you know, at the college level is the, the offensive analyst. And to go to practice and to watch those guys on the sideline and, and the maturity and, and, and the veteran presence that they have, but just constantly seeing it with a different lens than the head coach sees it or the coordinators see it and be able to bring that information back to those guys afterwards. Yeah. To me, that, 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 that really helps, I think, formalize the type of staff that I think that they have. And then if you just look at the returning players, Long-winded answer, I know. But this is a podcast. We don't have to fit in You can go as long as you want. Right. Uh, the number of players they return on offense, the playmakers, the offensive line, the quarterback, the two tight ends, who I think are sensational, both NFL guys. Albert Okuebunum is a, he's a stud. He's a first-round draft choice if he yeah. comes out next year. He might not even realize it yet. But to lead the country in touchdown receptions for tight ends as a true freshman, or as a retro freshman, pretty impressive. Kendall Blanton, whose father played in the NFL, big presence, and a guy that you, again, we talked about at the very start about watching guys mature, uh, watching him mature and, 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 and the focus, and, and, and I think he's going to have a great year. But then on the defensive side, you've got Beckner. There's competition up front. To me, with, with, with any college team, because the way the game is played, because the emphasis on the spread, and because of tempo, and because of getting the ball downfield or out in space, you always worry about your defensive backs. And I think Missouri added – to its secondary with the transfer from Oregon of Khalil Oliver. Uh, I, I think he brings a, a kind of a maturity level, if you will, and, and having seen a lot of different stuff, that ho- helps the younger guys. So I'm optimistic. I mean, to yeah. me, you know, take care of business, right? Um, and you've got that five-game string that begins with uh, the University of Georgia and ends with Memphis that included in that is South Carolina and also Alabama. Um, you go three and two. In that, I mean, yeah. you open yourselves up to a chance to win eight or nine games. I was looking at the schedule. I had eight. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't. Th- I think that's to me. I think that should be the the, the minimum, right? That's what uh, I meant. That's on the yeah. low end. Can you win at South Carolina? They're going to have their best team that they've had under Will Muschamp. There yeah. was a team that Missouri lost to a year ago in Columbia, Missouri, because Missouri couldn't cover the tight end. So defensively, can you be better? Um, can you win at Florida, a team that Missouri handled last year? Dan Mullins now the new head coach. They're going to be better, but can you win there? I think they can. Don't stub your toe at Purdue. And I don't mean that in a negative fashion towards Purdue, but I think if you look at personnel, Missouri probably goes into that game either as a as a slight favorite or maybe it's a pick em. But at the end of the day, you got to win that game. Respect Memphis and beat Memphis, a team that, that you know, has put up points. Um, and so, um, you know, if you take care of business, if you don't slip up, um, which Missouri has had a tendency to do historically is have that one game that they shouldn't have lost that they lose because they weren't prepared, they weren't ready to go. Um, 
there's no reason why this team shouldn't win eight and get back to a bowl game. Hi, I'm Ryan Kelly with thehomeloanexpert.com. There's never been a better time to look at a refinance. Maybe it's time to get rid of the PMI or get some cash out to pay off the credit cards. Five minutes could save you 500 bucks a month. Thehomeloanexpert.com. Enjoy the podcast. For fans that are listening and they're heading down to Columbia, what are they going to see with the stadium? Well, uh, you're going to see just a lot of, you're going to see a big crane in the south end zone. Yeah, uh, I was up there last week and um, it's amazing to just see the difference and just how they've done. Like there was before, you know, the, the, the driveway that went from the um, southwest side down underneath the stadium. That has changed. They've redirected that. They've now put in, instead of that uh, wall of trees that was on the right side, or uh, hill of trees on the right side, if facing from the north looking to the south, now there's a nice tie wall that, yeah. that really makes it look looks good um and then just the activity and so you know there's there's something to first of all it's a sign of progress in college athletics you want cranes on your facilities yeah you know that that that's a good thing uh that signals growth but here's the other thing that people maybe aren't thinking about depth perception throwing the ball from north to south and not having the stands to frame the field how does that impact quarterbacks throwing the ball downfield? And I think that's something that's going to be interesting to watch as the season unfolds. It's amazing. I mean, you, you made the commitment to go to the SEC. Yeah. This gotta, is part of the commitment, right? Well, and the price of poker goes up. Right. Um, you know, it's it's everybody's doing facility upgrades. I mean, um, you know, Tennessee just went through. So Arkansas just built a wonderful in-zone facility uh, that opens this year. Uh, you know, Missouri needs to do the same thing. Uh, people across the board are spending money on on facilities i mean alabama is getting ready to do a huge makeover of uh their basketball arena coleman coliseum and also bryant denny stadium they're actually taking seats out right so that so they're i think what's happening too is that attendance is down across the board in college athletics for, yeah. for a variety of different reasons um and and none of them have to do with the economy they have to do with connectivity they have to do with the platforms in which the games are available on um i think the pace of play is something that that I needs it's to a be big addressed. problem yeah, yeah. And, and you know i was in uh, birmingham a couple of weeks ago uh with the rest of the broadcasters from our league and greg sankey uh the commissioner of the sec w- w- was asked the question are you concerned about pace of plays i'm not concerned about a length of game because a great game should go as long as it should go i am concerned about pace of play what can we do to impact that can we make sure that reviews are taking place in a timely manner something you guys deal with oh yeah um can we make sure that we're 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 not giving when we go to breaks that we're not giving the tv producer you know that extra 10 to 15 seconds that they may ask for because they're getting and now what the sec has done and they're going to be the first league to do this you've seen and and those listening have seen if you've watched this international soccer match those those signage on the sideline when they're replacing players where it has like 21 and 15 side by side the sec is doing something it's 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 a commercial clock so next to the timeout coordinator they'll have a clock that will be on a stand and it'll show the fans how long that commercial break is. It's smart. That's, yeah, it's very intelligent. Helps us. I mean, there's so many times that, you know, when you're doing a game and you're five stories up or however far you are away from the field and you're trying to find a guy with a red cap on right. to see if he's taking a break, now you know. Just just find the clock. Okay, we're at break. Go. Yeah. Um. So those are ways. I mean, I think there are other ways that they can look at maybe improving the pace of play. I mean, do you need to stop the clock after every first down? 
my suggestion was to stop the clock after first downs in the fourth quarter or with five minutes to play or with right. two minutes to play. When the action is at its yeah. best. And so I think those are things that people have to deal with. But but there are people, you know, Missouri's Missouri's facility will be smaller when the construction's done. But that's happening all over the country where people are going to smaller facilities. It's interesting. Um, how much fun is it doing, by the way, the SEC? Because it is the it's the cream of the, the crop when you talk about college football. You really find out the culture, right? And, and and just how much different the culture is for the historical uh, schools that have relationships uh, in that conference. And I'm talking about the Tennessees, the the Mississippis, the Alabamas, Floridas, et cetera. And that's something that Missouri's got to develop. Missouri fans have got to develop that same passion and culture. And, and and the problem with Missouri, as you know, is that you have something that pulls your fan base. You've got the Royals. You've got the Cardinals. You've got the Blues. You've got the Chiefs. You've got other schools within the state that they have their fan bases that, whereas, you know, sure, Auburn and Alabama control things. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who else is in, 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 in the state. Those two, that's, that's where you're either an Auburn fan or you're an Alabama fan. You're a Tennessee fan for the most part. Um and, and, and so that's something that, that, that really Missouri's got to figure out a way to address. And, and how do you address attendance? How do you address passion? The, those, those three little words, you know, three letters, W-I-N. Yeah. You know, and if you can build something that wins in a consistent fashion, uh, then I think you're going to see attendance continue to rise. Do you think that Barry's gotten into the, uh, the city of St. Louis? I think he's, uh, I think he's, he's really focused on that i think he's he, yeah. he and his staff and and you know i think the other thing too dan is that fans are too quick to say well you can't recruit when a kid decides to go elsewhere i had two kids that grew up in columbia missouri and told me as high school freshmen now they weren't athletes but they told me as high school freshmen i'm not we're, going to we're not going to missouri right. it's your fault because you moved us here yeah I applaud kids that stay in state because I think that there's a level, and, and this is something that I don't think that they completely understand at, at a young age, 17, 18, whatever. If you stay in state, there's a celebrity that's going to follow you for the rest, rest of your, of your life. life. That's it's, right. It's there. And, and from a networking standpoint, uh, you'll always be remembered as so-and-so that played at the University of Missouri. However, I don't deny the opportunity for kids that, that want to go elsewhere. Because you don't know what's going on in their lives. You don't know about their family situation. You don't know about have they ever traveled before. You don't know if what did that, what did that institution or that program do to impact their decision. And I'm just talking negatively. I'm just talking they may, it, it may be a facilities thing for yeah. them. It may be you know, a tradition thing for them. So I don't deny kids the opportunity, but I do think that they, they have an opportunity to develop something from a networking standpoint if they stay in state that, that, that others wouldn't have. So – I want to wrap it up with this. Are you still enjoying it? I mean, you still find it fun. You you still are looking forward to getting in the car and going to call a game this Saturday. I am now. Yeah, that we're now that it's we're here. game week. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm like anybody else, and you're the same way. I mean, you know, before you head down to spring training, uh, you know, when did you go in January this year? A couple yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, that becomes taxing. You know, February twenty third, by the way, yeah, the first uh, spring training game next year. And so, what do we all do in our positions? We're all clinging and scratching and, and, and trying to wrap our arms around the remaining moments that we have in right. our free time. Right. Because once you begin, it's a grind. But, yeah, no, I enjoy it. And and uh, as I told you from the outset, uh, I've been really, really blessed, really fortunate to do this. Um, 25 years doing football. Um, when Missouri plays Georgia, it'll mark the – 
300th consecutive game that I've broadcast of Mizzou football. So Is that every right? Every game since the start of the 1994 season. So you haven't missed one football game. I haven't missed one football game. Is that right? Yeah. So and and you know what? I again I go. Well, back you've to, seen a lot of good and a lot of bad. I, I go back to uh, <laughs> uh, I go back to Joe Castiglione because he made it a priority when there was a conflict for basketball. No, we want you to stay with football. Yeah. And 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 so that helped develop the streak. But again, you, uh, yeah, I, I, I. That's amazing. I love the association. Um, you know. It's about the people too, you know, and, and there are people that you enjoy uh, being around. And uh, so hopefully they'll want me around a little longer. Well, you went into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. That was something that was long overdue. <laughs> Have you thought about going into the Mizzou Hall of Fame? Um, no, I really haven't. Um, you will. Do they have broadcasters? <laughs> it might be the first. I'm not sure. Well, you know what? I, I've emceed. That's funny you say that. I've emceed that dinner now for a number of years when it's been held, and there is. I know there's one person, Malin Aldridge, yeah, who was a broadcaster back in the day. Uh, that, that is in there. Yeah. So no, it'd be an honor. I mean, anytime you're, you know, recognized, um, it's always something that you appreciate. I I I don't know that. I, I think I can say this accurately. I don't think that either one of us do it for that. No. You know, so, but it's, it's, it's Gerald Andrews and the, and the folks in Springfield that run the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame do a unbelievable job and do an unbelievable job of not only recognizing people around our state that have contributed to sports in our state, but they do an awesome, awesome job too in terms of, um, you know, connecting companies, but also there's the charitable aspect that they, that they, uh, help provide too. And so, um, yeah, no, just, just blessed to be recognized. You know, it's interesting. And a final thought, I have people that tell me now, young people, they say, you're the voice of my summer. You're the soundtrack of my summer. Well, and you really, are. Yeah. Well, it, it just, it kind of, yeah. you know, Jack Buck and Mike Shannon were my guys, you know, and same with you. And you're the, you're the soundtrack of many kids and families that make their weekends every fall to Mizzou. And listen, and they might be sitting in the stands, but they're listening to you or people across the state. That resonates with me. It's got to resonate with you. Is this the time that I apologize for torturing them for the last 25 no, years? No, you haven't done that. Yeah, I, that's what I always say. I say, boy, I've really ruined your childhood. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the, the shame, here's the shame. The, the, the shame is, is that, think about this. There is a generation now that, that didn't have the pleasure of listening to Jack doing radio. Exactly. And so now we're, we're, we're tending to, there's a tendency to forget the impact that he had on, and KMOX had, if you will, on building, you know, the Cardinal fan base. Um, but, you know, uh, again. You hit it on the head. I, I take it as a great responsibility. Yeah. And it is. I mean, it's, I think now that young fans, and this is no disrespect to the radio, but young fans, if it's on television, they're going to watch on TV. They're going to watch on their phones. They're going to watch on their iPad. That's just that's how yeah. life is now, yeah. and it is a responsibility to make sure you carry the 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 message of the Cardinals, which in many ways is community. Yeah, you know, it's about coming together in the yeah. summers. And I always say to people, they they ask me why do why do you guys draw so well? I said, well, number one, they win, so it's a it's a good product on the field. But you know, we don't have mountains, we don't have the ocean, mm -hmm. we don't we have baseball, we have baseball. That's what our fans do. Yeah, and it's a fan base that's represented by. A variety of different um, cultural and economic uh, makeup uh, of different states. That that Good point. I mean, uh, my daughter was 
performing at a summer stock theater in, in Brownsville, Texas. And Brownsville is right on the, the border uh, in Mexico, as far south as you can possibly go in the state of Texas. The family that she stayed with grew up as Cardinal fans. Right. Because of KMOX. That's right. And, um, you know, Mike, we were just in Denver, and I would say the majority of the fans there, uh, I, I shouldn't say the majority, I, I would bet it was 40, 60 yeah. Cardinal fans to yeah, Rocky fans. Exactly. And it's because of KMOX. You know, the Cardinals were the furthest team west of the Mississippi for years until uh, the O'Malley family went to mm-hmm. L.A. and then the Giants and, and everybody else followed. But that's where people got their Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. KMOX. So they grew up Cardinal fans, and it stayed in the family. Yeah, That's how it works. Yeah, it's, it, it is amazing. But the, the legacy of the franchise is something that, you know, many, many people um, obviously have benefited from, you know, as fans. And, and- Mizzou, too. Yeah, I mean, you're because right. generations go yeah, to the school. That's a, that's exactly right. And, and and I meet people all the time. Well, you know, I'm a fifth generation Tiger, or I'm fourth generation, you know, whatever it may be. And um, it's 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 really it is really humbling, you yeah. know, to think about you know the 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 number of different um, people that might have heard your work over the course of the last couple of decades. Give me one great play you love. Well, man. Um, and don't tell me Tyus Edney. That's, again, we talked about the essence of college sports, but I've said this to you before. The essence of college sports is kids making plays. Right. And that kid made a play. Um, Clarence Gilbert hit a jump shot from the corner in the NCAA tournament to knock off the University of Georgia and allow Missouri to advance to the second round. Um, you know, that would be something that would stand out. Chase Daniel... Uh, his performance against the you know the University of Kansas in the Armageddon game, but the the play that I remember from that is the play that sealed that, and that was the Lorenzo Williams sack of Todd Reesing uh, when Todd Reesing came up with a with really just a bunch of turf in his in his face mask, uh, but that sealed the deal. Um, those are a couple, but there 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 are many more. I mean, it's it's just. Um, the, you know, it's 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 amazing to think about the number of plays that you've seen through the years, right? Yeah. So, well, have fun. Thanks, buddy. It's always great to see you. Keep are up we, the great are we work. Do this uh, if you want to weekly or what? It's up to you. No, it's up to you. You're the busy man. <laughs> I'll no, be not busy in about a no, month. No, no, no. I, I, hey, if I get a chance to hang out with you, that's that's fine. I'm I'm all in. So that's yeah, awesome. let's plan on it. Thanks, Mike. All right, bud. See you, Dan. Hi, I'm Ryan Kelly with thehomeloanexpert.com. There's never been a better time to look at a refinance. Maybe it's time to get rid of the PMI or get some cash out to pay off the credit cards. Five minutes could save you 500 bucks a month. Thehomeloanexpert.com. Well, for my money, he's the best in the business. That's Mike Kelly, the voice of the Missouri Tigers. This has been brought to you by Ryan Kelly, Schnooks, and Hotshot Sports Bar and Grill. Mike will be joining us throughout the football and basketball seasons for Missouri. Thanks for checking out scoopswithdannymac.com.